Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. Tribe Call Quest. Fred Armisen. Fritz Paul. Javier Munoz, Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Talk House Podcast. I'm Josh Modell. On this week's episode, we've got a pair of young artists and friends who share more in their outlooks than they do in their music. Alaska Reed and Ecstasy. Alaska Reed, despite her name, actually grew up in Montana, as you'll hear in this chat, but she splits her time between there and Los Angeles, and you can sort of hear that in her music. It's polished indie rock that's got an edge you kind of have to look for. She's released a bunch of fantastic singles over the past couple of years, and just last month released her debut album, Disenchanter. You may have seen Reed opening for the likes of Charlie XEX or Caroline Polachek, and she'll embark on a headlining U.S. tour this September, and it'll probably be your one and only chance to see her play in relatively small venues for a while. Check out a little bit of French fries from Disenchanter right here. We were laughing in the booth, we got a little drunk, we were sharing cold French fries. You were talking about your dreams and creepy memories and Ecstasy is a Canadian musician who makes emotional songs that are deeply indebted to early 80s new wave, a sound he definitely didn't experience firsthand since he's barely old enough to drink. Ecstasy is known for both songs and interviews that wear their emotions on their sleeves. He puts it all out there, and it often seems like he's exercising his most negative feelings through catchy songs. Sample song titles from last year's album Misery include I Just Want to Hide My Face and Wish I Was Dead. And his big breakthrough single was I Walk This Earth All By Myself. But he's no sad sack. Ecstasy is passionate about what he's doing, and he wants to make it big, as you'll hear in this conversation. Check out a bit of I'm So Happy right here. As a person of a certain age, by which I mean way older than these two, I found this chat fascinating. Alaska and Ecstasy talk about growing up plugged in and how that can affect your personality. They talk about how much you're obligated to engage with a live audience. And Ecstasy talks about a run-in with Tobey Maguire and Leonardo DiCaprio and how he wants what they've got, though not exactly. Enjoy. Okay. Damn. Hi, Alaska. Hi. Okay, so you the shows have been looking really good. The band sounds great. Yes, the best it's ever sounded. So you're happy? Because I know you were nervous. I was really upset. I cried on the flight on the, in the way to Europe. This song that me and Preston used to listen to all the time came on and I started crying. Oh my God. Bands are hard. You have Shigeki. Imagine if Shigeki quit. I'd be sad, but like, I mean, I loved, okay, I love Josh. I don't want him to think that. Me too. I think that I wouldn't tired. be. I wouldn't be sad, but I'm like at such a point where Damn. Josh is definitely the best person I've ever had. But like literally, I'm in love with Josh. I want him to stay in it forever. But like, I know if he needed to go and do his solo stuff, I would totally be okay with it. Because I think I'm just so used to so many band people being in and out of my life. And I guess Josh is beyond a band person, but 
you know, there's. Yeah, no, I feel that. I just have had so many fucking people play with me. I'm just at this point, you get to this thing where you're like, all that matters is if I can get on stage and perform at the end of the day, which kind of sucks because it's a very lonely reality. But you're just like, fuck it. That was my first band breakup. So you've probably been through more than me, obviously. Yeah. Because you're you're an actual band kid, right? Kind of. Not really. I'm a, I was a fake band kid. I'm not a band kid at all. I was a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was. You didn't know that? I was full on SoundCloud rapper when I started making music. But you're like a punk kid to me. But SoundCloud was punk. Ah, okay, okay. I see. We're talking about punk in a very like... SoundCloud was just the exact same as punk rock. It was just not as political and just different sound. Same thing, though. Okay, I'm going to sound like an idiot, so I need you to help me. But... Like, aren't you too young to be deep in SoundCloud? I mean, it started in like 2014. I was like 14. Okay. In 2019, it was like the most popular thing. And I was 16. This perfect age. Okay, I guess you're right. I like grew up perfectly with it. I see. Okay, okay. It would have been it would have been even better if maybe I was like 23 now or 24. But yeah, I would like caught it. I caught it perfectly at the right time. So yes, I was a SoundCloud rapper. Okay. I mean, I was doing stuff too at 14, but I just didn't know how to use a computer. I didn't even really know how to like get online. <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. I, <laughs> I did not. I had no idea. I couldn't have named you a single band when I was 15 years old, besides like maybe Metallica. I mean, that's not That's not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. So you're a band kid. Kind of, but I'm going to tell you why I'm a little bit like you. And it, it's, tell me. it's in a loose way. I okay. Because you like you just those are your songs you're not writing with your band in the room right and you've never done mm -hmm. that i pretended to be a band kid but i was like doing a solo thing and being like i i was literally as a 14 year old 15 year well actually when i was 14 15 i was doing solo stuff but when i was like 18 and and doing my band i said like i want to market it as a band because i think people don't want to hear a solo person that's so wrong so i was like yeah, so I was like pretending to be in a band. A band? Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing now. You're right. Yeah. But I think what you've got is good. People don't think of me as a band. I kind of wish I was a band sometimes. Yeah, but then you don't though, because like... No, but then you don't. You're right. Imagine people leaving and then and that feeling and then amplify it by like so much more. Like whatever the project is that you've created, you are you know you're a team with that person and so if you guys are having yeah. like a personal problem like you can't just go away and write a song that's going to be exactly like the band by yourself i mean i'm wrong but i'm saying like in theory no you're not wrong that's true i mean my producer that's how i'd feel if he left I'd, i wouldn't want to make music anymore if he was like i don't want to see you and ever again or something i'd be like well i'm gonna jump off a cliff where is he from he's from germany how did you guys meet like on soundcloud yeah, basically. I mean, he found me in, on SoundCloud, and then he DM'd me on Instagram. Yeah, because I didn't understand this, because I was like, you're from Vancouver. Like, how? Where, where are you from again? Where are you from? I'm from all over, mm -hmm. but America. Where were you, like, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Montana, mainly. That's out there, huh? I've been to Montana. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's probably, it looks kind of similar, I think, to Vancouver. Did you, like, grow on, like, a farm? Like, were no. you, like, a, like, grew up on a farm? <laughs> no way. No way. No way. Like, in a city? No, not really in a city. Like, when we first moved to Montana, we were out in what they call the valley, which isn't, like, the L.A. valley, but, like, it is 
like the Paradise Valley, and uh, we just lived on, I don't know, just like a farm. Not no, not a farm. But not a farm. Like but no animals. Out in the middle of nowhere. But you had to like drive to get to town. Lived in like the boonies. I guess. But then when I was older, we moved into town. So it wasn't much internet then when you were a kid. I didn't have email till 16 or something. 14. I mean, email. What about Instagram? When did you get when did you get on Shinogram for the first time? I have no idea. I got on Instagram for the first time in grade eight. Okay. And I posted a video of me singing. And I got made fun of by my entire grade and deleted Instagram within the same week. Like, that's so sad. <laughs> so fucked up. You have such <laughs> a beautiful voice, too. What were they making I fun s- of you about? I don't know. I sounded like a, like a woman. All little boys, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it's whatever. It was, yeah, it's fine. I just, yeah, I was late to that. After that, I was like, I'm never going on there again. Yeah. I was doing really cringe stuff, so I was happy that the internet wasn't around. Like, I was dressing like a... Like Patsy Cline, like an old country star, and um, well, actually, the internet was a little bit around when this happened, but in the in the thick of it, and I wanted to Damn. be an opera singer, and and what? I was doing funny stuff. Yeah. Damn, bro, that's that's cool. That's interesting. Opera singing, country, Alaska from Montana. I was in an opera thing in Billings. I was like, this was my obsessions were like opera and Wonder Woman. And Dinosaur Jr. It was like the weirdest combo of things. Like what? How old are you when you're talking about this? Like like 10? Or like older than that? Yeah. Yeah, 12. 10, 12. Yeah. Mine was skating and soccer. And this one girl named Charlize. Aside from Charlize, but do you find yourself going back? Because when I hit my early 20s, I found myself like going back to all the things I was interested in when I was way younger because I Dude, I, yeah. I stopped stopping yes. myself. You know, I stopped being like, oh, that was cringe. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah, you're right. I was like watching Star Wars the other day and like Marvel. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. Now you're okay with it. Right. It's like this weird thing that happens when you're like 18, 19, 20, where you just you're so cringed out by these kind of essential elements of yourself. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I never like stopped enjoying that are arguably cringe, but there's definitely a couple of things that I've been revisiting that I annexed for a long time. Yeah. Like soccer. It's kind of fun though. It's like such a relief. I like playing Fortnite. I have no idea what that <laughs> is. I sort of know. You don't know what Fortnite is? I'm going to tell you what I think it is. Okay. Tell me what you think it is. Part of me thinks there's a soccer element to it, but then the other part of me just thinks it is about like building forts, <laughs> like in the evening or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, that was amazing! Oh, I'm so happy that's on video. No. Um. No, it's about it's, it's you, you like shoot people. It's like a battle royale. You know that movie Battle Royale. Mm, you know i don't but i do think of the game where like people have the little pegs and the wooden boats you know like the board game battleship this is so dumb yeah i'm getting i, all no these idea which, I don't I'm know what you're talking about videos. fortnite you just kill people with guns that's basically all it is and you can build forts out of like wood see okay there's a fort building element to it um yeah you're so lucky to be in venice right now why i'm actually not in venice i'm in uh, um I'm in Montana. What? Oh, really? Yeah, I'm in. Oh man, a basement in Montana. Wait, you're in well, you're in Paris, dude. What the fuck are you talking about? I'd rather be in fucking Venice than fucking Paris. What? 
Fuck Paris, should... man. Paris can... Ugh, no. We should clarify it's not Venice, Italy that we're talking about. We're no, Venice, Venice, Los Angeles, California. Yeah. <laughs> California is the best place in the world. Just kidding. What? That's not true. Van- you're, Vancouver you're... is. Vancouver is the best place in the world. Wait, one of the things I love about you, Stacey, is like, you'll... Okay, when we were at Andy's... Okay, don't, party, don't. This, this, this... No, no, please don't, please. No, this please. is good. Please! No, so good! No, People when you're... People do this all the time. It's because no, I'm, no. I'm too flip-floppy, man. I know. No, I really love this. No, I love this. And this isn't about you being flip-floppy. This is about you just having, like, the guts. You'll be around, like, serious L.A. diehards. You'll be like, man, fuck L.A. I hate L.A. <laughs> and you're like, I just want to be in the trees in Vancouver. And I'm like, well, I never hear anyone say that. Just because... Yeah. Just because I get so much shit for uh, ever being like, oh, you know, L.A. And then you just whatever, man. You're just like, yeah. (laughs) No, I just feel like I just miss things a lot. And whatever I miss the most at the at the time is like the best place. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of the curse of traveling or or being from different places is you're always greener pastures. Yeah, exactly. I'm the worst with that. People call me out for it all the time. But you love being in Vancouver. No, I do. I I did correct myself that Vancouver's the best. Yeah. I wish that I could put a bunch of places together and make, like, utopia. There's, like, LA's missing things. Vancouver's missing things. Europe, I don't even care. It's too far away. But you're in it. Yeah. I really like Mexico. Yeah, I wish I was in Mexico cool. right now. I've been craving Mexico recently. Like, Tulum Mexico's or something. Annoying. Oh, dude, I just... Oh, Europe's annoying. I love Europe. People are mean here, dude. Yeah, but you get fed really well there. Yeah, but I don't even like eating that much. People are fucking mean and... Actually, people are just mean on tour. It is, But then they're also really nice at the same time. I don't know. It's hard. I think when you're on tour, you're just getting the highs and lows like all the fucking time. And so you don't even know what is what. A tour is something, man. I do have to say the one place I remember people being like consistently mean, and maybe this is because I'm lame, was like Philly. <laughs> I was playing this show. I got like body slammed by someone. While you were playing? No, not while I was playing. I was just like walking and this girl just like body slammed me in this bar. And she was like, <laughs> she had like tattoos. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then when we were sound checking, um, this guy was like mouthing off at me because I nicely asked for a particular mic stand because I had to like position it within my pedal board. It's like this whole one of those things where you just have like a live thing sorted that you've been doing forever. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah. I need to have it done. But he was like lecturing me about how I was wrong about that. And so then I had to like like become a huge bitch on stage. Like during the mm. sound check, and I was like, "Damn, Philly, come on!" But at the same time, I, I I liked it. I liked it. I met I met really cool people. I just think like touring is hard because you have to interface with people twenty four seven. That's definitely a shit part of it. Just talking yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah, and like just doing things. Sound guys are just also a fucking shit breed of human. Like most yeah. of the time, <laughs> I, I, they can be really cool. They can be really can cool. Be cool. Most of the time, there's not cool yeah they're just really annoying but i love when his sound guy's like tight and he like fucks with the band and he's like you guys sound fucking sick i'm like yes it's like you've heard like a trillion bands for you to say that we sound sick means something we've had some some shit sound this tour man dude we got fucked in um sweden like fucked really why but you have such a setup it doesn't really make sense oh man dude we got on stage no one could hear anything i feel like all of our monitors were dead um my mic kept cutting 
Yeah. During the like, it was just a lot of bad things. That's like and a basic someone, thing. That's so fucking. No, basic. it was. It was really. It was. Dude, he did the whole thing on an iPad, and we were just like, "Yo, this guy's not. A, this guy's stupid." I don't know. Someone threw water on stage all over me, and like soaked our computer and fucked our computer up. My God. It was all crazy. We had to stop for like five, ten, like not ten minutes, but like probably like five minutes. And I was like trying to keep everyone like. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Fuck, I don't know what to say. I'm not a public speaker. I'm a singer. <laughs> Hopefully we can figure this figure this out. Oh god. I hate the awkward, yeah. awkward things on stage. Do you like talking between songs and shit? Are you asking me as a as a as a viewer or as a performer? No, as a performer. That's a good question. As a performer. This is something I think about a lot because me too. I don't have a guitar tech right now. I'm going to need one. But in the past shows I've played, I have to like do a lot of stuff in between songs secretly. So I have to tune. And sometimes I wonder, am I like, am I making people bored or am I fucking this up by not just like running into the next song? But do you like to do it yourself? Like, do you like to talk? Do you, like, I saw one show of you and you, you talked, you said stuff. You, you told like a little story, I think. I do like to talk. I don't mind it. So I don't know. I really don't know. It's kind of hard. Yeah. I sometimes feel like, like, I feel weird if I don't, but I don't know. I feel like we have to. I feel like it's important, especially, f- you know, for us, for, uh, I think in, in our world, we, someone likes us, then they really like us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know what? If I were to just go to one of your shows and I didn't know you, I'd want to see you say something in between. Yeah. I always say stuff. I sometimes sometimes I'm I'm like switched on where I can like really say a lot of shit, and some nights I'm kind of just like, oh, but damn, this shit's so far. I fucking love the Ramones. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've gotten better at it. When people look back at uh, rock journalism that documents like some of the legendary bands, like the Replacements or something, or, people always talk about like there being like extreme. Again, with the extreme highs and lows, but well, people talk about like shows being really different and some shows like being too fucked up and like not good. But then that was part of the draw is like you never knew what kind of show you were going to get. So it's kind of I guess it's like, you know what? What's more fucked up is that in our era now, everything's online and people don't. I feel like like giving people a second chance or following along with them or or buying into their mythology is, is less common because everything's just consumed online. Anyone can have a good taste in something. It does not take talent to to have an opinion. Yeah. I, I don't understand like that type of shit, like movie critics and, and like reviewers of stuff like who everyone can do it. Not everyone. That's that's a lie. But I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of a bullshit job. Fake job. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I think there's a lot of good journalism that's older. I think sometimes it's interesting now, but I just think that I think the biggest problem is, is that like people don't have to see an artist as many different things compiled. Like sometimes people think of us as like, oh, I'm going to go listen to Stacy when I want this vibe and then I'll go listen to Alaska when I want this vibe. And it's like you're an artist that has multiple different sides to you. Like it would be better if people didn't think of us as like you know she's that girl that's gonna do like kind of 
something like I can't even say it because I, I like am so cringe or and then like Stacy I'm going to Stacy for my like this vibe and then I'm going to put it all in a playlist and it's like I actually am not against that and then it's like yeah how do you really grow as an artist you know yeah I don't know man I mean honestly you know, everything's kind of fucked up these days yeah <laughs> like super fucked up you just don't listen to anybody except for other artists that you trust like nothing new really excites me anymore like what new artists are actually good like that you know that you found in the last two years when's but also like i feel like we're out of the the period of our lives where like we can like fall in love with something you know what i mean like we're not in the fight like a fan mindset anymore like as a kid you kind of are and you like i feel like i used to grasp onto things and like but now i don't but like i don't know there's a couple bands that i like that i really like but like not like how I used to like people that I would find on like SoundCloud and stuff when I was like 16. I think it's really hard for like cool artists to get to a certain level where many other people will find out about them. And so I think that is sometimes like discouraging in a way. There's definitely some sick bands. I don't want to be like, I don't want to, but I agree with you. I think that like the stuff that gets super hypey, it's not interesting right now it's shit it's honestly shit but then i see like some of my friends and and people i know like just grinding that are and they're super talented and i'm just like yeah no i feel the same way about myself i feel like i'm not even that sick compared to a lot of shit that's probably way smaller than me you know what i mean i remember you saying this before it's so sweet but it's also <laughs> not true. there's some bands that i just i don't know that are just like like i don't know do you know that band julie you know, that's familiar. I can't speak. They're from, Sorry. I think they're from LA. Yeah. They're really cool. There's this band that I found recently called Untitled Halo. That's like insane. They're also from LA. And See, like, I haven't heard called... of any of these people. And I'm like vaguely clued into stuff. So it's like, I just feel like there's this weird thing where people can't really break this, this barrier. These are all like really small bands. Or not Julie. Julie probably sells more tickets than I do, but. I definitely do, but Halo's really small. There's another band called Benches that's really good from San Diego. But I'm like, when I hear those bands, I'm like, these bands are cooler than me. Like, it doesn't make sense why I have 4 million monthly listeners and these fools have like 100,000. doesn't make any sense. I don't know. So, yeah, I take it back. There's cool bands. There's a lot of whack now. <laughs> Especially being in like, being signed and shit to a label and seeing like how things work. It's like, nothing's real. <laughs> like stuff, how stuff gets big and, and, uh, how everything works it's like all so fucked and it's all just money all you gotta hope though is that like 20 years down the line the good stuff stands out because i think it does i think ultimately it does hey this is josh modell host of the talk house podcast We love it when musicians come on the show and talk about process, and often they'll get into the nuts and bolts of being a working artist, which can sometimes be fun and sometimes feel more like a business. Well, this episode of TalkHouse is brought to you by DistroKid, which is an amazing service for musicians looking to get their songs out into the world in an incredibly smart and cost-effective way. For the past decade plus, DistroKid has made it easy to get your music on all the streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Instagram, and more. You keep 100% of your earnings minus a flat yearly fee, which is a better deal than you'll find anywhere else. More than a million artists use DistroKid, and the latest version of their app is better than ever. It includes features that make it easy to see your account details, including the money you've earned, as well as to seamlessly edit things like lyrics and metadata across platforms. 
There's even a feature called Instant Share, which allows you to easily share files with your bandmates, booking agent, playlist curators, and more. DistroLock allows you to protect your songs. DistroKid users get a YouTube official artist channel, too. The list goes on. The DistroKid app is available on iOS and Android. Go check it out today. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. Hey, TalkHouse listeners, it's Josh Modell. Instead of encouraging you to listen to podcasts today, I'm here to encourage you to read something great. The particular something I have in mind is the second issue of the TalkHouse Reader, the print zine spearheaded by our fantastic music editor, Annie Fell. This issue is focused on the intersection of food and music, and it features contributions from Maddie Matheson, Coleman Domingo, Squirrel Flower, Sam Evian, the Blessed Madonna, and more. There are pieces about eating while on tour, the gentrification of food, cooking as a creative catalyst, and much, much more. You can order a copy today, along with the first issue, at store.talkhouse.com. Please do check it out. So are you satisfied right now? Financially, no. I'd like it to have more people, you know, find something in my music. But at the end of the day, honestly, like, I do just like love having a community of artists around me that I that I'm excited by. And I like just making music, you know. And if I did have to, like, if I had to die tomorrow, I think I would be happy that I'm, well, I'd want to wait till my album's out. And then I would be, I would be fairly happy. I I, I wouldn't think that I had had wasted time. I wouldn't think that. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's, must be nice. Why? What the hell? (laughs) I want to be famous. You want to be? I want to sell, like, I want to sell out, like, I'm going to sell out Madison Square. And like the Hollywood Bowl. I I can't rest until that. If I died tomorrow, I'd be really sad. Like really sad. I mean, I would be really sad, Stacey. I don't want to die after my album releases. I used to say that when I was, if when I, after Misery dropped, I could die. But now I'm just like, fuck that. So that's such a lie. What were you saying though? I think I'm really scared of the people that have mega fame. Scary. I want that so much. I'm going to get it. I'd feel slightly scared by that. I'm not saying that I don't want to have more people listen to my music not that at all i'm just in like the mega pop stardom really scares the shit out of me dude last night at this party i was at i was sitting beside toby mcguire and leo dicaprio and it was so sick and i was like i need to be like those fools stacy you can't go to the grocery store like that i know but fuck it dude these fools walked into the party bro them two fools just like two security guards and them and like they had already cleared the whole section beside me to like so that these fools could just come in straight away and sit down so they like clear the whole section because there's a bunch of people sitting there. They cleared it out, brought over like all this fucking alcohol, put it in the freezer thing on the shit. You know, it's a club. And then it, it's just like empty for a second. And then fucking these two fools sit down. And I was like, fuck. And then like 10 chicks walk over and just start like talking to them. And I was just like, I'm sitting here fucking like a couple feet away with Andrew. And Andrew's like, oh, man, this is such a fun night. I'm like, no, it's not. I need to be, I need to be Leo DiCaprio. Dude, you know what's more fun is that you're like the cool punk person that's like playing the show. Like to me, I would, okay, here, you know, I'm going to make this really 
heady and whatever. I'm going to say if I was a girl at the show, I would think that the musician was way cooler. Yeah, but that's you. Bro. I'm so indie. I know. I, know, I, you're hate, super... it. I hate it about myself, <laughs> but I also like it. <laughs> no, I feel the same. I've always just wanted to be famous since I was like a kid. Yeah. Like it sounds corny. Like I want to be famous, but I really want to be famous. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Super important to me. You know, I, like, I, not, but not any other way than being a musician though. Like I wouldn't want to be famous any other way. Like if, if I had to like do something else, I wouldn't do it. Like I have to be a musician. You really care about music. Like that's all I care about really. Like you're kind of, you're kind of crazy about it in a great way. It's hard sometimes, but yes. Like you really care. Yeah, I do. I noticed when we were in the studio together, you would like veto stuff and it just felt like really real because sometimes, sometimes you go into a setting where you're writing with other people or like doing something on someone's song and, and, and they'll like veto something, but it's just to have an opinion and they don't really care about like the actual music part of it. But it's like, like I can tell your heart's always in it for the music, like a hundred percent. And so like you have to say something because it's exactly how you feel because you're having an emotional connection with the music. And I think that is really apparent um, with you, which is a compliment. That, that makes me feel great. Thank you. I hope that's true. I mean, I just know like what I like. So it just makes it easy. Because you like you like music. Well, I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. I'm lucky. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what that's what a fucking journalist or a tastemaker or a reviewer is like. They just know what they like. It's not like a talent or maybe it is. I think it's hard to be decisive. Yeah, maybe it is. Unfortunately, I think sometimes it's hard to stand behind what you say. But I think once you you get that, like, yeah, that's pretty golden. That's true. I don't know. It's tough. There's really no wrong, though, for like music, I guess. Except when people are like, just... Stacy sucks. Just <laughs> 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 oh, my God. That's... I... Uh, no, I don't know, man. It's just, I don't know. I don't know the way things are the way that everything is it's like all you really have is like an opinion on yourself yeah. if you don't have that then you're done it's over for you you have that in your songs not even i mean i guess i have my songs but if i don't have an opinion on my songs things are gonna go i guess that's true. fast like but i've made most- a lot of songs that people are like you have to like release this and i'm like no this is horrible Yeah. I try not to think about it. I kind of just, I'm so bad with music. I'm actually the worst. Like I make stuff and I'm like, oh, this is sick. And then like two days later, oh, like I'll make it and I'll like send it to like everyone that I know. And I'm like, this is the sickest shit I've ever made in my life. And they're like, yeah, bro, this is cool. And then like, I listen to it like a thousand times. And then like two days later, I'm like, oh, this song sucks. Like I have like my next album, I have like 30 songs. And I like, Honestly, I'm burnt on like most of them. But like every one of those songs was like a moment where I was like, oh my God, this is the sickest shit ever. But I'm burnt on it all. You listen too much. You can't do the demoitis thing. I have it bad. You should just limit yourself. When I make a good song, like that's the only thing in the world that can make me like stoked is that one song. Like every other song just feels like shit. (laughs) <laughs> until you i know, burn out the song i just made it's so funny because i i just interviewed um aaron from porches 
uh, oh, really? for, for something. Yeah. And we spoke and he, he has a similar, just what you're saying about like creating a song. He's like, it, it's like a high. It's like one of the best things ever in, in the whole world. And it's like that, that feeling of when you do a song that you, yeah. that you, you impress yourself in some way, or I don't know if that's the right term, but there's no, like some the right sort word. of connect, there's some sort of channeling and you're just like, fuck, that's the best thing ever. It's like a drug in a way. That's why starting music is so fun. Cause like you have no, like you have no expectation or anything so everything you make just sound amazing i miss that you just have demoitis dude you just need to stop listening like you should only let yourself listen twice after i don't get sick of other people's stuff though like i do of mine well it's like, overthinking it it's like you don't want to look at a, a picture yeah. of yourself for five hours i do that i'm surprised i don't like hate all my tattoos i'm always like looking at them i'm gonna try to not listen to the stuff i make Maybe this next album, I'm going to make it with a band, you know? I'm going to make it in a band with a band in a studio. Yeah. I'm not even going to have the files. I'm just going to be like, send the file to the mixer, you know, take it. And then in two months, I'll, I'll listen to what I made. It will probably be way cooler. I mean, you might have to do that. I get really fucking sick when of my demos when I'm putting production on them and then listening back. Like, they disgust me. Like, I, I can see how you feel that way about it. Because at first, I'm like, this is so sick. And then I spent a really long time, like working on a sound and then i'm grossed out by it but so now what i do is like if i want to hear the song again i just have to play it only on guitar like the only way i can hear it again is if i sit and play it and sing it that's a really good idea but you're really good at guitar and i'm fucking not so you are oh my god you're so we're not going down this this rabbit hole i'm not you're so annoying this we're not talking about it i i'm gonna say what i said again i'm gonna say what i said again before i think you have an interesting way of thinking about guitar. And I think you have a like a, a sound that like some people have this really gross way of playing guitar, even if they're playing like technically good stuff. Well, it's like yeah. you kind of have to have like, this soul connection with it. And I think you have that. So I think you should dig into that. That's I do, I but still I need to get better at guitar. But what I think what you're saying is maybe right. Because I do like make wa- cool stuff. Yeah, okay, watch Star Wars and play guitar. And Noodle. <laughs> and Noodle? Is Noodle yeah. good? Yeah. But I always get so bored. Like, once I learn the part of the song that I like, I'm just like, eh, I'm over it. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. That's why I don't play in standard tuning. True. I get haunted by by a thousand other songs, like, if I'm playing too much in standard. I'm just like, I can't yeah. focus. I'm like, this sounds like this song, which sounds like this song, which sounds like this song, and... So yeah, it sucks. Like, you, you're, just, you're too good at guitar. I am like, I'm like Tolkien with Elvish or something, but with my guitar. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Like this, this idea that I've created this, this language that can totally stand up on its own. Uh, but it is, it's not based in like a real language, really. I don't know. I, I don't want to get like the Lord of the Rings people on me to say I'm wrong. I have no just, idea what you're talking about. Just ignore this like nerd tangent I'm going on privately, okay? I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> okay, that's how I felt about Fortnite. Wait! Dude, what am I touching right now? What are you touching? Is it gum? Or cum? <laughs> Is it sticky? Is it gum or cum, you say? Yeah. Stacy, I'm gonna tell you something. I hope you're checking for bed bugs. Oh, it's such. I didn't wash my hands. Hold on. <laughs> Give me what's actually. No, it's fine. 
I don't think it was come. <laughs> it was come or come. Could have been. This is in our interview. Us talking <laughs> about come. I posted some good come memes on my story the other day. I didn't see that. Thank goodness. I was watching the Jungle Book and this this tiger, <laughs> Shere Khan. He kept talking about come. So I kept... I love his voice. Shere Khan's voice. It's the really deep voice, isn't it? I'm gonna send you the videos. Okay, fine. They're pretty funny. This is sad because I avoided this on your story, so you're just gonna directly message me. Thanks for listening to the Talk House podcast, and thanks to Alaska Reed and Ecstasy for chatting. If you liked what you heard, please follow Talk House on your favorite podcasting platform and check out all the delights at talkhouse.com. This episode was produced by Myron Kaplan, and the Talk House theme is composed and performed by The Range. See you next time.